Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Well, welcome to church. Welcome to Release City. We're so glad you're here. First timers, I know we've already covered that, but we are honored that you're here. I always like to welcome in those that are watching live on Facebook and uh, in the podcast. I just believe if you're not in the room, you can still experience the presence of God in whatever room you're in. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're in the building today, turn to somebody around you, tell them, say, what you looking at? Be like, I was looking at him until he said to look at you. So I don't know. Why am I looking at you? Now turn back and go, but you look pretty. Or if it's your husband, you look handsome because he don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I need her to say I I look handsome. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you brought your Bibles today, let's go uh, turn with me to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms. I can't wait this week. We're going to get all the Christmas trees decorations out and we're going to transform this building into a winter (laughs) That's so funny in Florida, a winter wonderland. Amen. Might have to buy one of those machines that just blows snow just so we get and jack the air down. And somebody's like, no, it's already down enough. Your pastor sweats real, real bad. It just gets hot. Hey, listen, while you're turning there, Psalms chapter 13, just, just, just to kind of give you some background, Psalms chapter 13 was written by King David. As we begin reading this in just a moment, there's just six verses. Um, as we begin reading this, it's going to be clear that there's something going on in David's life. He's obviously frustrated. Um, he, he's almost, excuse me, he's almost to the point of despair. Uh, and we don't really know what season of life uh, David is in. All we know is that he is definitely at a, in a season, in the midst of a season of disappointment. Anybody ever been, went, walked through, maybe you're in that season of disappointment right now, but hear, hear that first word, it's a season. This too will pass. What the enemy is trying to do through your difficult and disappointment seasons is to get you to sit on the sidelines while, where, while everybody else is moving by and getting the, the, the pur- walking in the purposes of God, walking in the blessings of God. He knows if he can get you to get, he can't take anything from you, but you can give it up. Come on, somebody. He can't destroy your family, but you can give it up. And so, so he's trying to get us to quit, but I'm here today to tell you, there's not quit in me. There's, there's fight in my DNA. I don't quit for nothing. I might be, I might be on my back, but I'm still swinging. <laughs> I'm trying to get some fight in somebody up in here. I know it's supposed to be holiday. All is calm. All is bright. Yeah, but the devil's still coming at you. Come on, somebody. You got to fight like your life depends on it because it does. We're going to read all six verses, and we're going to look specifically at a moment of transition that happens in verse 5, and something shifts in David's perspective. Are you there? Psalms chapter 13, 1 through 6 says this. Oh, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of cliff notes and things that I want to say in between, but Ansley Grace always tells me, she says, Daddy, you, you, you read one verse or half of a verse, and then you stop. She goes, and you wonder why you forget where you are. Just read the verse. So I'm going to read the verse, and then when we come back to it, I'm going to give you my notes, okay? So here we go. I got a lot I want to say in a short time to get there. It's a long way to go and a short time to get there. 
I ain't the bandit, baby, but I'll run. Okay, okay, I got, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. See what happens? Just listen to your daughter. She'll keep you straight. Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? <laughs> how long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord. Restore the sparkle. Let me just... Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. I don't know in your Bible, but it's got an exclamation point right there. That means he elevated and he was actually trying to say something to God. Turn and answer me, O, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. It almost sounds like, it almost sounds like we're in a whole different book right here. I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. And I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. I've titled today's message simply this, look again, look again. As we prepare to close out 2022, I wanted to pause for just a few moments today and just reflect back on this past year. So let me ask, how has 2022, did I say 21 or 22? How has 2022 treated you? Don't answer that out loud. Some of y'all, as soon as I said it, you had one word in your mind. You probably don't need to say that word in church. <laughs> how, was, how has 2022 treated you? Has it been a good year? Has it been a difficult year? Was it the best year of your life? Was it the worst year of your life? Maybe 2022 has had you frustrated. Or maybe 2022 has been a successful year for you. In today's talk, I want to speak directly to anyone under the sound of my voice who feels like your faith has been dictated this year by your circumstances. Your faith has been manipulated because of your circumstances. Maybe you became so focused on the difficult circumstances and things that you were going through, that you just lost sight of the overall faithfulness that God has shown you through your life. In other words, you, you got distracted through the season and you totally forgot where God brought you from and the other things that God brought you out of. Although 2022 may have been brutal, might I remind you of 2020? Things could be a lot worse. We could go back. Not today, devil. <laughs> I have this suspicion that we are a lot smarter in 2022 than we were in 2020. So my goal for us today is this, just to hit the pause button for a few minutes and look back on 2022 and just assess all the things that have taken place in our lives these last 11 months and four days. Because my prayer has been for you this week that you would gain a clear perspective, a shifted, a paradigm shift perspective of 2022. And that in doing that, you will gain an unbelievable amount of faith and expectation for what God wants to do for you in 2023. 
Because if all we do is focus on where we've been, we're going to lose sight of where we're going. And that's the good too. You can't just focus on, oh, those, that was a, a success. Man, it was great. My business was great. And all. You can't because you'll miss. It says he will bless you abundantly more than you could ask or think. And if, all, if the enemy can just get you to focus on the good stuff, you'll miss the great. If he can get you to focus on this, you're going to miss the more. And I just came today to tell you, don't miss the more. God has more. Nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, he's got more for you, and he's got more for me. So in February of 2015, there was a phenomenon that took place uh, and swept across the entire globe, not just the United States. This phenomenon literally took over all of social media platforms by storm it was a big deal too everybody say big deal because it caused friends and family members to draw a line in the sand and choose sides some of y'all that sounds like my family and I don't know what you're talking about but we we already doing that (laughs) and it was way before the phenomenon what was this worldwide phenomenon anybody anybody just just guess it's it wasn't an international affair it wasn't um a particular politician's tweets. It wasn't a political corruption story. It wasn't Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, the latest and greatest of their life. Although that does entertain us. What was it? It, <laughs> it was a simple picture. I brought a picture of that this morning. It's kind of wopsided, but you can see it was the dress. Y'all remember the dress? Some of y'all are like, I'm not going to admit it. This dress Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is my message. Hold on, hold on. This picture took the internet by storm. The question surrounding the dress, right? Everybody, when you say the dress, I could have just said the dress and everybody would have, I didn't have to show you the picture. The question surrounding this was, is the dress gold and white or is the dress black and blue. How many of you see white and gold? Really? How many of you see black and blue? Okay. Here comes the curveball. How many of y'all see something other than the other two? Really? What color you see? Black and white. Okay. Black and white. Red. Some of y'all are trying to go back to July 4th talking about red, white, and blue. This image drew so much attention online that the scientific community literally began studying, (laughs) studying the photograph and asked themselves, how can two people seeing the exact same image but have two completely different perspectives? The same is true about life's experiences. How can two people experience the same exact set of circumstances in life and have two completely different perspectives everybody say look again listen perspective is a very powerful thing it's how we see life and one of the main reasons this happens is one of the main reasons that we we have you can go through the same set of experiences and have a different perspective or a different outlook it's because of one word influence your perspective and my perspective is manipulated because of influence. Our age, our age influences our perspective. 
Where's all my people above the age of 40? If you know, you know. It's like somebody turns a light switch off when you hit 40. Things start expanding. Somebody said, preacher, just keep moving. Okay, I will. Listen, your upbringing, the, the, the surroundings, the culture that you grew up in, that's an influence that, that shifts and changes your perspective. Your, your past experiences influence you. Uh, or maybe it's some form of trauma that you experience as a young child. That also influences your perspective. Bottom line is a lot of things influence our perspective and how you and I see life. I heard someone say one time that life is simply a matter of perspective. Think about it. The difference between the positive you <laughs> and the negative you is perspective. The difference between the mindset of God is for me or God is against me is perspective. Do you realize there are people who actually will show up at a church and be like, y'all have heard the old saying, if I show up in, if I show up in your church, the walls will fall down. I don't think y'all want that. You ever heard that? It's a matter of perspective. And that's, that's been influenced by past experiences. The difference between I'm doomed or I'm filled with hope and I'm filled with faith is perspective. Can I keep going? The difference between the road rage you and by all means, go ahead, is a matter of perspective. I had somebody out in the lobby, one of our new families asked me a couple weeks ago. He said, I just got to know, Pastor B. He said, you, you talk a lot about road rage. He said, where do you drive in Chiefland and experience road rage? <laughs> the Walmart parking lot? Dodging buggies? Amy and I were out for our Friday night date night, which also slashes our grocery shopping night. And um, we were coming through. I mean, everything was great. Just been, just, just loving each other, you know. And and she, you knew the story was coming. And so I, we're driving. We come through. We're coming through uh, Archer. We've got the green light. So I'm driving. I think the speed limit is 35. So of course I'm doing like 33, right? And we're coming through Archer. And and right as you come through, there's that gas station on the other side. And this Nissan uh, 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 Maxima or Altima come darting out like I. He shot out of there like a cannon. And I'm rolling. I mean, I'm rolling. 33, <laughs> I'm rolling. And he looked and never stopped. And had I not hit my brakes, I'd have T-boned him. We would have been fine. My big old beast would have been great. But that little car would have been crunched. And I'm just going to tell you, something enraged in me because my wife was on that side of the car and I come unglued. I had just been in a rental car just a week before, and, and I, was, I was trying to find the horn, the lights, and everything, and I almost broke my, I broke my, um, uh, my, my blinker thing because I, I shoved it to the dash. And she was like, calm down. Man, I was all over him like white on rice. I mean, I was just like this right here. And she said, calm down. Everybody knows your tag number, and you still got that Release City Church sign on the back of your car. I said, that's coming off tonight. <laughs> Did I not? So I'm calming down. It's a matter of influence and perspective. I got to get that ranch hand. I'll move that sucker right out the way. Now, if you are the person that drove the Nissan Maxima, Maxima Altima, whatever, come see me after service. <laughs> I may ask for forgiveness, but I got to get all this out. And I told Amy, I said, if you weren't with me, I would follow that dude all the way to his house. 
and ask him one question. What in the world were you thinking? I made him think I was going to turn with him, though, because I was right up on him, and I, and I act like I was going to turn. I said, no, nah, and I kept on going because she'd have lost her mind, and that would have been the end of the date night. And she'd have sent me back to Gainesville grocery shopping by myself. And all the men said, oh, me. Yeah. Huh, true story. Listen, perspective is powerful because the lens from which you view something will determine how you feel about it. Oh, the color of the dress, this blew my mind. I think it came out two years later that the company who actually made the dress finalized the dispute. The dress is black and blue. That was the lens of the creator. And I kid you not, I was asking Ansley Grace about the dress. I needed some information about the dress. And when I showed her the picture, the dress that I had been watching on my phone, same picture, as gold and white. That's how I viewed it. Once I learned the perspective of the creator, I, 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 can no, I can't even make myself. I'm like, I know what gold and white is. I can't make my eyes change. Why? Because I'm now seeing the dress by the perspective of the one who created it. Listen, the same is true in life. When we evaluate the things that we go through in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we do it through the lens of our creator, we might not be able to change what happened, but we can change our perspective. Now, think about the things that filled your mind when I said, how did 2022 treat you? And some of y'all immediately went to the bad. If you will look at the bad through the lens of your creator, I don't know where you are in your walk with God and, and, and maybe you're just here and you're really not into this, this whole uh, Jesus follower thing, which I want to pause and say, you, you always belong here before you, you don't, have to, you don't have to believe to belong. You're always welcome here. Okay? And so, and so, so, so we need to look at what we're going through through the lens of our creator. Somebody said, well, how in the world can we possibly think about uh, uh, look at things in life the way God does because the Bible even says that his thoughts are higher and his ways are higher. And so there's no possible way that we could see things the way God does. Can I, share, can I share two words with you to let you know how you can see through the lens of the creator? Here's three words for you. Through his word. You want to get into the eyes of the creator? Look through the lens through his word. The Bible gives us insight to the character of God, the purposes of God, his promise and his plan for us. You want to know the, the th you want to start looking through the lens of the creator, get to know the character of God. There's a lot of ministries and I've been a part, I've been around church a long time. Dad was a pastor. I've been around, I've been around all kinds of churches. I've seen it all. And not everybody does a good job. I have to be real careful. Not everybody does a good job displaying the character of Christ. I've had things sent to me through email and videos and things and, and, and warnings about this in the church and that in the church. And I'm like, but the person that's doing the video, the little basement blogger, they didn't have the character of Christ. So, so examine it. When people come at you and they say, I'm a believer, examine them for the character of Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up sometimes. 
Last Friday night, coming out of Archer, I messed up. I didn't display the character of Christ. That's because there was a fear that my, my wife, who had already been in a bad, tragic accident years ago, I, 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 she, she, I mean, she was freaking out. Influence, perspective. Listen, when we spend time studying the character of God and who he is, it helps us to see what's going on right in front of us through the lens of our creator. It gives us the ability to see beyond what seems impossible and to see beyond our pain and see beyond our disappointment. I'm going to be honest that even though we came through the pandemic in 2020 and then the reopening of things and life as we knew it in 2021, I just got to be honest though, guys, 2022 was still pretty difficult for a lot of people. It may not have been pandemic mode stuff, but there was still an after effect and wave of things. And it may not even related to what we experienced in 2020. As a pastor and serving people, we get to share the highlight reels of families, the highs, and lo- the, highs the, 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 the childbirths and baby dedications and job promotions and, and all. We get to experience that. But we also get to walk through the moments with people through grief in their most darkest seasons. Just in the past six months, we've watched, even within our own church body, church family, people who are going through some very trying experiences. Maybe for you it was a doctor's report. Maybe it was marital issues. Maybe it was a family conflict. Maybe it was a mental health issue or struggle. Maybe it was that addiction that you've been struggling with for years that it still can't kind of creep back up in 2022. Maybe it was financial issues. Whatever 2022 looked like for you with all of its difficulties and all of its disappointments, I came to remind you of this. Write this down. God doesn't waste a single season that you and I go through. The season of disappointment, the season of betrayal, the season of frustration. Somebody said, like, well, how in the world do I find God in that? His word, character of Christ. He, yeah, but if he doesn't want it to happen, if he doesn't wish anything bad to, to me to happen, then why did it happen? God is using those seasons and those moments to bring about something good in you. Did you hear me? If you'll get in his word, the things that don't make sense that you've gone through, they'll begin to make sense. And watch as he's taking what the enemy meant for evil, he will turn it around for your good. Come on, if you believe that, somebody say amen. Amen. All right. (coughs) Psalms chapter 13. I did what Ansley asked. Now it's my turn. (laughs) Psalms 13 is broken up into three sections. It's six verses. Or if you remember the Redback Hymnal days, the stanzas, first, third, and fourth stanza, right? How many remember those days? This verse is broken up into three stanzas, and here they are. Write this down. Here's the sections. David's problem, verse 1 and 2. David's petition, verse 2. Three and four, and then David's praise, verse five and six. 
We're going to take the next few moments and we're going to see how David transitioned through his problem, his petition, and his praise. Here's point number one. What's, what's the first thing? How, how, do we, how do we do this? It's going to take honesty. Everybody say honesty. It's going to take transparency. Somebody say transparency. This is how you do it. You present. This is what David did. Let me, you present the problem. Present the problem. Psalms 13, 1 and 2 says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? <laughs> I can't help but think that David was a smart aleck. I mean, I know people are like, why are you going to, David wrote, he wrote the book of Psalms. How, how are you going to, he's the psalmist. He wrote all this beautiful stuff that we sing in church. How in the world are you going to say he's a smart aleck? It takes one to know one. I identify with him. How long will you forget me? Forever? Dude, God could have said, bam, <laughs> strike him down. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with my sorrow, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Has anybody in the midnight hour had those conversations with God? I'm not talking about on the side of your bed. Those are great moments, and my dad was all for that. But I'm saying when you're really going through the nitty-gritty of life, God, what the, what's happening? Somebody say, y'all, you being too real. <laughs> not real enough. Listen, we got to put ourselves in David's shoes. David presents his current problem to God. It's okay to be honest with where you are. It's your fakeness that is preventing you from experiencing the pro pro provision of God yes. in that moment. Fakeness. Here he is. Something is happening in David's life, and he finds himself crying out to God. Now, now, again, that's my perspective. So, so, so don't get offended when I said, was he a smart aleck? Maybe he was being, I don't know how you can be reverent when you say, how long will you forget me forever? I just read that differently because I've been influenced differently. <laughs> Something that I really love about David is David was genuinely Authentic. And there's something that I, that I, I think God has allowed me to be under other ministries and see things so that I would know what not to do. I've seen so much fake. I know if it makes me sick in my spirit, it has to make the Holy Spirit real sick. Oh, it looks, it looks like, it looks like the power of God, but it's driven by the flesh. Listen, I'm going to talk to you the same way I talk to Amy, right? I'm not going to get up here and change my delivery. I'm still going to be genuine and authentic. And if I'm having a bad day, most of you who know me are going to know it without me even having to say anything. I had somebody came up to me this morning and said, hey, we were with you last night. You looked like things were heavy. And I'm like, man, I got to do better hiding it. <laughs> but isn't that what we've been taught? If you're sad and you know it, crack a smile. If you're sad and you know it, crack a smile. But the Father up above, He's still looking down in love. I know I'm changing the words, but it's working for my message. When you're sad, crack a smile. 
Man, if you're sad, man, run to the Father and go, man, I, how long, God, forever? Anybody else? Throughout David's writings, he is constantly confronting the things. If you can read it throughout Psalms, he is constantly confronting the things that he's struggling with. If you're struggling with it, don't let it overtake you. Confront it. That, my dad taught me that. When it pushes, you push back. When the struggle comes, you make it struggle to stay. <laughs> Did you hear me? When struggle is knocking on your door, you make it a struggle. It's got to go. I'll tell you one word you can use and one name. It's the name above all names. You can call on the name of Jesus and it's got to flee. Something that we see about David from these six verses is David understood that it's really hard to have hope and faith for your future when you're not willing to be honest about your past and present circumstances. It's hard to have hope and faith when all I'm doing is focusing on where I'm at. See, notice how everything changed. I was going in that direction, but now I'm focusing on my past and my present hurt, my disappointment, betrayals. People talk and people do and all that stuff. Listen, folk, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. It'll be strange. You won't understand it because you're looking at the light of his glory and grace. David was willing to be honest and take an honest assessment. And that's what I've stopped the clock for today for these few moments to go, have you taken an honest assessment about what you've been through? Bring your problem to the Lord. Have you paused this year to take some honest inventory of the things that went down in your life? Not just the tough stuff. Let's talk about the great things that happened in your life, the achievements in your life, the successes in your life. Have you taken an honest inventory? How has what you went through affected your ability to have hope and faith for your future? It, it's important for us to understand this because sometimes we can't truly know what we need from God until we confront our reality. I'll give you an example. Anybody ever went to the doctor to do a physical? When I turned, uh, well, it wasn't too long ago, but in my 40s, I noticed things changing. And so um, because my, my dad's dad died of a massive heart attack, my mom's dad died of a massive heart attack, my Dad passed away from a heart attack. I knew it was time to get some things checked out on the inside. Not out of fear, but out of wisdom. And so I remember going in the doctor's office, and y'all know the routine. Step up on the scale. Well, first they trick you. How tall are you? Well, I'm 6'2". Got to be 6'2". 6'2". She said, well, Mr. Weber, actually, you're, you're 5'11". How much you weigh? You're fixing to find out. Why are you asking me? I've been a buck 25, buck 130 for like most of my adult life. 130. Could be 135. She said, <clears throat> Mr. Weber, I can't believe I'm saying it. 185. 185. She said, blood pressure. Is there a reason why your blood pressure is so high? I said, yeah. 
I said, because I came in tall and skinny. I said, now I'm leaving, going to be short and fat. (laughs) And all your scales are wrong. I'm finding a new doctor. (laughs) That was my perspective. She thought it was quite funny. See, it wasn't until I confronted my reality that I could see where I actually was. I know this is backwards from the norm that we normally see in church because old school church has this mindset that when you're going through something challenging and difficult that we're supposed to put our faith face on. Blessed and highly favored. You dying inside right now. Just because David was facing reality about his problems and presenting his circumstances to God didn't mean that David was lacking faith. That is what old, that's what old school church has, be, has taught us. That The reason that we put our faith face on is so that, so that because we think that our faith is depleting because we, we're having problems. We live in a world full of problems. So guess what we're going to have? Problems. And David understood this. Listen, there is something so powerful that happens when we acknowledge the reality, acknowledge the reality of where we are and how we're feeling. I had to, I had to face, I had to find what's going on. Why is, why am I sitting in my recliner right after lunch for just a few moments and I fall asleep? Where's my energy level? (laughs) 47, right? Am I 47? I mean, did you say 57? No, 47. I do know it's in the 40s. What's going on? I had to face the reality something's not right. See, because if I would have just pushed through like most of us do, I'm, not, I'm talking about spiritually, see, I'm trying to do both. Push through anyway, you're going to have a heart attack spiritually. See, I had to go, go, go make some things right, start taking some vitamins and, and doing all that stuff. There. Why? Because there was something not right. You, if you know it's not right, fix it. Best prescription around. And a lot of our physical ailments are a response and directly linked to our spiritual ailments. Doctor ain't going to tell you that because they want your money for the doctor visit and the prescription. But scientists will tell you there is something connected to your spiritual well-being and your physical well-being. So David presented the problem. Secondly, Then he presents a petition. Are y'all good? Are y'all still here? I see you, but I just want to make sure you're you're still here. Psalms 13, 3 and 4 says, Turn and answer me, O Lord. Oh my gosh, the gall of, of, of a human. Hey, God, look right here. Turn, turn, turn your your face and answer me, O Lord my God, in case there was a mistake. Because God be like, wait, you talking to me? Turn who? Who turn? You look at me. Dad would do that to me. Bradley Wayne, look at me. Look at me. If I turn around and said, Dad, I'm looking at you. Bam! It smacked me down. David said, God, turn around and look at me. Why? Here's the petition. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Something's beginning to change. He presented the problem. Now he's starting a petition. 
Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Listen, so he, he petitions God. A petition is when you ask, appeal, or request something. And as you look throughout the Psalms, we see how David petitions God to rescue him, but not here. As, as you look throughout the Psalms to see David's peti- petitions, normally it's God rescue me. In other places we read David's petition, destroy my enemies. God, let them get it. Give it to my enemies. You've said it. David said it, but not here, not in, not in this, not in this uh, particular instance. Let's go back to read verse 3. He says, restore the sparkle to my eyes. That was his petition. Something changed. It was no longer, God, give it to them because I give it in the same measure that, that I'm receiving. No, it was, God, change something in me. Not rescue me out, change me in. Change me where I am. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place right here. The English Standard Version where, where from, from uh, 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 the NLT said, restore my sparkle, restore the sparkle, says enlighten my eyes. This word, this word enlighten means to give spiritual knowledge and wisdom. God, show me, let me see through your lens what's going on. So essentially what David was saying was, God, I don't need you to deliver me. I need you to reveal to me. What do we say? God, make this stop. God, get me out of this, Right? No, God changed me in it. Because if I can get changed in it, I can get up on out of it. See, all, everything you need is already inside of you. The ability to move, yes, it's going to be you, your movement, but it's going to be because of the presence of God in your life. Change me, reveal to me. He's saying, God, help me see beyond what I can't. Listen, I've learned a long time ago that the greatest tool that we have to help us gain an understanding and a revelation of what's to come and help us through this this season is grabbing the lens of my creator through his word. Psalms 119.105 says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. That means that the word of God illuminates my eyes to help us see, to help me see beyond my current situation. When I get in his word, I no longer see this. I'm looking ahead. Everybody say, take little steps. That's how God wants to help you, little by little. So point one, present the problem. Point two, then present your petition to God. May our, may our perspective and may I have influenced you for these few moments together instead of saying, God, rescue me out of, change me in it. Amen. This is changing me. He's helping me to see this as I'm delivering it different than what I thought it was going to be. And then David ends it with, present your praise. I know everybody's praise looks different. That's okay. It's not for the person sitting around you. It's not for the pastor or the worship leader to come. It is For your heavenly father. All I say is this. Don't give more praise to something else than you do your heavenly father. Not a ball game. Not a college football team that sometimes can't seem to get it together. Not more than a, not more than a, than a, than a hunting club uh, membership. Not more than a new truck or a new car or a new dress. Somebody said, what are you talking about? Because we put an emphasis on that stuff. 
And we'll get excited at a game. Run that ball, boy. Run that ball. Get it out of the field. Yes! But we come into church. Just as I am without one plea. He's a jealous God. Are you just trying to get us to worship? No, I'm trying to get you set free. Because if you laugh and carry on with your buddies more than you laugh and carry on in the house of God, something's unbalanced. And that's why when struggles come, you fall off the wagon. I would rather be wrong in my expression of worship than being wrong at holding it in. Because if I can't do it in here when all hell's coming against me during the week, I won't know how to do how to express it when I'm in here. I mean, when I'm outside, away from y'all. I'm just trying to teach you a little bit. Just throwing some stuff on, on the plate. It wasn't even part of the menu today. I'm just throwing this in here. Trying to help somebody. God hears David's problem. He hears David's petition. And it says, though God enlightens David's eyes in that moment. And we go right to verse 5. But I trust He's mad. Why is all this stuff happening? Turn and look at me, God. Now, I'm not, something's starting to change. I, don't just, don't just, don't just give it back to my enemies. Change me in front of my enemies. And then something changes. He says, but I, in the midst of frustration, he goes, but I, tr- but, everybody say, but. But I, 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 this is how I feel, God. This is what I need you to do. But until you do. I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. He's talking future tense, or he could be talking about God rescued him from something else. See, we lose sight of what he's brought us out of because we're too frustrated and disappointment, disappointed in what we're in right now. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good. If you don't have any other reason, when the worship leader comes up and says, put your hands together, if you don't have any other reason, you can't look back at your week and go, I can praise him because he did all this stuff. If nothing else, you say, I praise him because he is good. Because when I was lost in sin, Jesus found me, he saved me, and he redeemed my life, and he put it all under the blood. Be, care- be careful when you ask him for more. He'll give you more. Your pastor's getting more. So what happened in David between verse 1 and 5? What happened? It was a change in perspective. In closing. Do you want to know what David did to change his perspective? What David did to change his perspective that was so powerful. I trust in your unfailing love. I rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good. What was it that changed his perspective that is so powerful? He expressed gratitude. 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 One of the greatest weapons that we have as believers to push back and combat feelings of anxiety, anger, despair, hopelessness is gratitude. Even if you're not a believer, 
Science has proven that gratitude contributes to a healthier lifestyle. Even the non-church people will tell you, if you have gratitude, because I'm going to be honest with you, Archer, Florida, Friday night, I didn't have gratitude. I was not saying, by all means, come on ahead. I was ready to show up in his passenger seat with the front of my car by my choice. And it took me a little bit to calm down because I didn't have gratitude. I should have been thankful, man. I'm with my wife. Anson Grace is working. It's just me and her. No offense. She, I got this looking. There's so many things we could be grateful for. But instead, the enemy throws stuff in front of us. Gratitude promotes a happier outlook. And it creates contentment where there's discontentment. And it will bring peace when you're restless. Gratitude. I'll leave you with this. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. The Passion Translation says this. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude tell him every detail in your life present the problem present the petition then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus everybody say through the peace will guard and protect your mind through through you're going through it (laughs) you're like no kidding I am but you are I know what you were saying oh I'm going through it Pastor B no you're going through it Pastor B going through it do y'all see what I'm doing I'm, I'm trying the best I can when you present the problem present the petition And then you give him praise. You'll get through it. You'll get through it. I can't think of a better way to close out the service. What I want you to know, this is it. What I want you to know, even when you're struggling, it's gratitude that will begin to steer your heart and mind to a place of unexplainable peace. I did not want to forget that point. Even when you're struggling, it's gratitude that will begin to steer your heart and mind to a place of unexplainable peace. What David shows us in these six verses is is that gratitude is powerful. Write this down. Gratitude allows you to shift your focus from your problem to your provider. Gratitude allows you to shift your focus from your problem to your provider. As we close, I've asked the worship team to come. Next five minutes. I can't think of a better way to activate. And when we're done, Adam, just come for the blessing.
This is not the closeout song, by the way. I cannot, because the closeout song is normally when everybody gets up and leaves. This is not that song. Everybody say, five more minutes. Y'all remember that song? Someone's like, man, our preacher, he knows it all. He'd be knowing the hymns. He probably got a little Justin Timberlake. Because of my daughter, I got a little Justin Bieber in there. And I got a little, what was his name? Scotty McCreary. Five more minutes. I haven't lost my focus. I'm still there. Just need five more. I can't think of a better way to activate this word that you just heard. To remind you, present the problem. Present the petition. Remember what petition should look like based on what he said. Don't rescue me, change me. My problem may not change, but I'm going to change. My perspective is going to change about my problem. And then three, bring him the praise. So in just a moment, we're going to sing that song, Gratitude. And I'm just going to say this. The altars are open. What that means is, if 2022 has been rough on you, I'm going to challenge you. The invite wasn't strong enough. I almost said invite you. I'm going to challenge you to come to the front of this place. Find a place somewhere in here. And express gratitude to your heavenly father begin to allow watch watch and the peace that surpasses all understanding will protect and guard your heart and your mind well thanks again for tuning in to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes and if you like what you're hearing consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends for more content from release city or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.